Yeah, if you've been around for a few years, the the phrase Kings are going to Anaheim sends a chill down your spine, but no worries. It's for a preseason game tomorrow night. <laughs> Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason joining us now with uh, some insight into what's going on today with the Kings. Interesting stuff, as always, from SacktownSports.com insider Frankie Cardicelli. Coach, how are you? No, why do you have to do the Anaheim thing? Why do you got to twist the knife a little bit? I mean, I know it didn't go there, but why do you have to kind of, you know, tear off old wounds there, Whitey? Well, that's it, because it's good news. <laughs> I, I remember when we thought they were going and they were going to be the Royals and they didn't go, Frankie, so I'm I'm celebrating the fact that, guess what? They're okay. still here, they're going to Anaheim, and it's no problem. How How are you? Okay. I'm good. I'm great. Just got out of practice, just getting home to start putting some thoughts down here and uh, Brendan Nunez and I uploaded some interviews to the YouTube. So if anyone wants to see what happened with the players that you had a uh, practice and coach, we have Darren Fox, Malik Monk, and Mike Brown that are ready to go on the 1140 YouTube page. But yeah, some, some things to kind of take in and think about after what coach Brown said today. Frankie, you were there. Please uh, reiterate and tell us exactly what did Mike Brown say about Sasha? Cause I just read the headlines that he might not be in the rotation early on. What did you make of that, and what did Mike Brown say about that? Yeah, uh, Kyle, so for, for rotations as a whole, I mean, I think people were very excited for Kings basketball to come back, myself included, and uh, it's easy to kind of get caught up in, in one game. And obviously what we saw in, in Toronto will not be the case going forward, there, and it's, especially the, re- the regular season. Mike Brown has said he's not going to do the kind of hockey-style rotations of five on, five off. There's going to be a lot more uh, different things we're going to see starting tomorrow in Anaheim. But on Sasha Vizenkov, yeah, I think a lot of us were excited to see him play. Uh, and, and obviously, when he comes in, he's the 14th guy off the bench uh, to, to, to start things off. That's not a very good start to his NBA career. Now, uh, that could change, obviously, the next couple of days. And I think we will see a little more of him, uh, especially as the preseason goes on. But uh, when it comes down to it, Mike Brown said today that, I mean, he was very uncommittal, noncommittal to where he stands in the process. To me, it sounds like he is not in that first 10 off the bench. It sounds like he's more in the third group. He was in uh, the same jersey as a couple other third stringers, guys like Kessler Edwards, Jordan Ford, Alex Lem. Uh, he was playing with those groups today. Uh, Mike Brown did point to his defense, saying that last game, obviously, the offense was there. Sasha Vizankov, as advertised, the shot looked good. Uh, moving without the basketball, he looked very comfortable. Again, this is not your average rookie. It's a guy who's played professional basketball for 10 years again at not quite the highest level but one step below obviously over there in the EuroLeague but defense is is a huge huge factor of this Kings team it's a huge weakness as we all know and Brown pointed out a couple times how Sasha gave up middle middle a couple times and he said that we're a no middle team and that's that's got to change and he pointed to the fact that uh, and I have the quote here saying that he's got to make sure he continues to understand the league he has to watch as much film on guys he's matching up against so he can try to pick up on their tendencies sooner than later uh and the quote the quote that's going to be coming out in the article i'm writing is mike brown when asked about sasha uh will he be in the opening night rotation he says i don't know if he will be or not he has to keep fighting his behind off and getting better every opportunity that he gets whether it's in practice and shoot around or in a game so right now to me it appears he's on the outside looking in but it's, it's a long uh you know not quite a long offseason anymore but it's a long way to opening night and things could change frankie cardicelli with us our kings insider sackdownsports.com frankie does this um Decision by Coach Brown, A, does it surprise you at all? And B, speaking of Zenkov's defense, you and he are going head-to-head. How many points do you score? <laughs> Did you think me and him going head-to-head? Yeah. How, could you put up eight on him? 
10? Oh, I, no. I mean, you guys are talking about your pro comps and whatnot. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure who my pro comp would be. Maybe NBA Adam Morrison. I mean, I. Oh, NBA Adam Morrison. Ouch. Okay. He had a couple of rings, but you know he, yeah. he was on the, on the bench, and that's right. that was kind of my my thing in high school too. No, I could not. I do have a friend that is convinced, convinced he could score on Demarcus Cousins. He was a good player in high school. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I, just, I I don't think it's happening. Uh, am I surprised about this about the Sasha news? Um, not not really. I mean, it, it, look, he, he's a rookie. I think first and foremost, and like I said, he's not your average rookie, but he still is entering his his first NBA season. And I think that. Uh, when how how things work with the Kings on the defensive end, how poorly they played, I think Mike's gonna go with this guy. You know, the next five off the bench have to be able to bring it on both ends of the floor. And um, Chris Duarte, by no means, I, I don't think he's a a plus defender or someone you look at and say, okay, he's gonna go get you a stop. But I think that right now, where they are in their careers, Chris Duarte right now might be have a leg up in that as far as he's defended NBA players before. He's gonna be playing some three this year. And I think once Sasha maybe gets some more uh, preseason minutes and maybe some regular season minutes under his belt, they can kind of start working him in. Again, Mike Brown opened last year up with – I mean, Keegan Murray was not in the starting lineup to open the first couple of games of the year, and quickly that changed. So things could change at the drop of a hat. That's the way it works. But um, it just shows how much that this, this coaching staff is prioritizing defense. And if that means we have to wait a little longer to see Sasha Vizenkov play regular season minutes, then so be it. Frankie, uh, while we have you on here, they got a preseason game tomorrow against the Lakers. Uh, who needs a better performance from game uh, one to game two? Who needs to, to look a little better come tomorrow night? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a couple things. First, I'll just say the bench unit, and that's something that Malik Monk kind of pointed out today and said that when, when they came in the other night against Toronto, and he's like, yeah, maybe it's, for, maybe it's preseason, sure, but they got completely you know walked all over. And I think that they need to show more – uh, poise on the defensive end. And then I'm going to look at De'Aaron Fox. You know, it'd be nice to see him get a couple shots going down. I'm not concerned about De'Aaron Fox after playing 14 minutes in the first preseason game. But um, I think seeing your star player kind of get going and knock some shots down, look confident, that'd be nice to see tomorrow night in, Los, in, uh, in Anaheim. But, um, yeah, I'm really going to look towards that second group and see how, how Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, Duarte, Lyles, those guys, how, how are they going to step up and perform in their second game? Um and obviously, I think everyone's kind of really enamored with Keegan Murray right now and what he's saying and or what he's been doing. And Mike Brown today said it again that while he'd like to have one of Fox or Sabonis on the floor at all times this year, Keegan Murray's starting to creep in that conversation of, of uh, okay, maybe have Fox and Sabonis or Murray and Fox having two of those three on the court at all times would be kind of a nice thing to have. But, um, you know, like what I saw in the first game, and can he keep growing tomorrow? We'll find out. But, uh a lot of good things to, to, to you know, a lot of things to feel good about about this Kings team, and obviously the Vizenkov thing, a very exciting storyline from the off season, and again, it's a long season, but um, you know, I, I hope fans are also focusing on there's a there's plenty of positive things to look at with this Kings team. It's an exciting time. Positive, Frankie. I don't know. I know you're busy today. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, and if you didn't, all good. But I was wondering if you had a chance to look at the GM survey at NBA.com. Kyle and I have been talking about it. We're going to talk about it some more. We were a little miffed at the fact that we thought the Kings could have been mentioned uh, a place or two there where they weren't. Did you, Frankie, get a look at all at the NBA GM survey at NBA.com, and what did you think of it? I did, yes, I did, and I, I did see the the you know warranted backlash as far as they they put Jordy Fernandez up there in the number one spot, but when the post first went live, it said that he worked for Denver. <laughs> yes, you know, I saw that. Denver? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
he doesn't work for the Nuggets. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see that De'Aaron Fox finally gets his rightful spot as the uh, – that GM finally thinks that he is the fastest bat player in the league, especially with the ball in his hands. That that was warranted a couple of years ago, in my opinion, as great as John Morant was, has been over the past couple of years. I, I think that De'Aaron Fox always had that title of, of uh, the speed title. Frankie Cardicelli, our Kings insider, Sackdown Sports, 1140. Check him out. Uh, obviously, you're writing the best uh, content out there at practice uh, today. You mentioned that second unit, and, you know, obviously uh, we'll see Davion, uh, we'll see Malik Monk. I, I think, you know, when you look at the bigs, Trey Lyles and JaVale McGee, but is Chris Duarte, some would argue he didn't look good the other day uh, against the uh, Raptors. Does he have a you know a spot in that second unit rotation, and what can he bring to this team? Yeah, I, definitely a rough start, obviously, but I, I do think he does have a spot for now, uh, tied up there in, in that second that second group. And I, I do think what he can bring when he's on is obviously he was he was a good shooter in college. He was a decent shooter in his first year in the league last year. Dealt with some injuries, but when when he's on, he's on. I mean, he's another guy that kind of can fit that Terrence Davis hybrid role. I mean, another guy they have that, that is trying to crack the rotation right now or crack the final roster, rather, is Jalen Noel. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if Chris Duarte can string together a couple of good performances, especially if he can be a positive on defensive end. He's not been a great defender, but he is six foot six. He's, he's got long. He's a guy that Kings could, could really use if he can lock into that or uh, tap into that side of his game. But um, I, I wouldn't expect him to come out and you know be a flamethrower of any kind. But he could be a good system fit with this group. He he has a, a history of Demontis Sabonis. They they would connect often on pick and roll sets. It'll be interesting to see how much he has the ball in his hands in, in that regard. But um, yeah, he obviously needs to pick it up. Again, it's early in the preseason, but uh, I do think he has a leg up right now on the backup three spot because the Kings are very thin at that spot. They have Kessler Edwards. They have Duarte. If you want to start moving guys around, have them play out of position again. That's where the Vizenkov conversation comes into play I, I think that that conversation could happen down the line as far as where is Sasha Vizenkov gonna get minutes it might come from Chris Duarte right now that seems like the most likely scenario I don't I don't know if Trey Lyles is going to be having minute losing be losing minutes uh, on this team especially after signing that two-year uh, 16 million dollar contract so um, Duarte is a guy that can, can knock down the three ball when he's on and I'm interested to see how, how that chemistry works them and Sabonis are on the floor at the same time Frankie we appreciate your time thanks brother uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for helping us out. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Uh, friendly Frankie there with yeah, some good nice news. nice guy right yeah, there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. So, yeah, the news today, Mike Brown announcing publicly that Sasha's not in the rotation right now because uh, he's not doing a very good job defensively. Do you think, Kyle, that as we look at the preseason and we know that the Kings – um, need to improve defensively, and that's what Mike Brown wants him to focus on. Do you think that one of the things he's really looking for them to improve in is how physically they're playing defense? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, we, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. When you look at the Kings defensively, how should I put it in, in the best uh, possible scenario? Outside of Davion Mitchell, there's not a lot of physicality on the perimeter. And I think that's one thing that Mike Brown wants to step up and, and have, you know, uh, much better. And that starts with De'Aaron Fox. It starts, you know, w- with the head of the snake, who is De'Aaron Fox. Pressure you, on the basketball. And, and you mentioned Drew Holiday. Like, when you go against Drew 
you feel him, you know? And so I think, and that's sort of what's, you know, surprises me when it comes to Sasha. I think he can be that physical, like he's a strong guy. You watch him, you look at him, you could tell he has some girth to him. You know, I don't know if he has the foot speed, obviously, but I, I think that's paramount for this Kings team. We talk about improving defense. You can get all the shot blockers in the world you want, but if you can't stop the perimeter defense and you face a team that can move the ball well, get by your man on the perimeter, draw and kick, open three, then your defense is compromised. And so that's why I think, you know, he's challenging his guys. And that's why I think I would love to see more Davion Mitchell this season. I understand the offensive limitations last year. His confidence, uh, you know, was a little down to begin, uh, start the season last year. But I thought in the postseason he played well defensively. He battled with Steph Curry. And sometimes you need that tone setter, you know. Sometimes you need that guy that's going to get after it, and then it becomes contagious. And that's what I think Davion is. And so, you know, when you look at Malik Monk and Davion, those will obviously be the two first guards off the bench. But I, I think... Darren Fox, I think Kevin Herter, like all the guys have to be more physical defensively. And let me say this real quick, Whitey. You coach basketball. I coach basketball. You know, one of the things I don't agree with some of the coaching that I've seen out there is, you know what? You you got to, you know, they call it handshake basketball. You know, be within an arm's length. I say take on the challenge. Make that offensive player uncomfortable. Don't let them just run their sets. And sure, you're in great position, but you're not putting pressure on the ball. I want to see pressure on the ball, and that's something that Davion does as soon as he steps on the floor. When we come right back, uh, we'll look again at the NBA GM survey, and we'll look at one of the questions GMs were asked. If you were starting a new NBA team and you could pick any player, who you got? That's next year. Draper Gleason, Sacktown. <laughs> I don't mind Soundgarden. I'll tell you what, we're so excited about the King season here. But if you look at the NBA GM survey, uh, and if you put any stock in that, Kyle Draper, it, it's going to be a bumpy season here. Uh, because according to the GMs, here's your finish in the Western Conference this year. One, Denver. Two, Phoenix. Three, Lakers. Four, Golden State. Five, Clippers. Six, Memphis. Tied seven, New Orleans and Sacramento. Dallas and Oklahoma City rounding out the play-in group. So, Kings tied for seventh with the Pelicans, according to the NBA GMs, who are supposed to know what they're talking about. And and I'm not saying this because I'm on the Kings announcing staff. The level of disrespect, Whitey, and we could go team by team and break it down, but the Kings were the third best team in the Western Conference a season ago. They bring pretty much everybody back. Second year under Mike Brown. More continuity. Then you add in the EuroLeague MVP. You bring a vertical threat in like JaVale McGee. You bring in a Swiss Army knife like Chris Duarte. So you add Keegan Murray. You he, He's going to take a leap. And so in what earth, in what world do we think that the Sacramento Kings are going to finish tied for seventh with New Orleans? We're talking uh, uh, two different stratospheres. New Orleans has a tremendous upside, obviously, with Zion. But why are we giving the Pelicans the advantage when it comes to health, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to health? Why are we giving Golden State uh, the benefit when uh, when it comes to health? If I'm being realistic and objective, I have the Kings fourth in the Western Conference. You know, I like Denver a lot. I like I'm Denver. not so sure that I, I would put them first. 
in the West this year. And I know they're the champions, but that's one of the reasons who, who, why. Who do you think? Who who would you go with? I'm not sure. I, I, here's my <laughs> point. Like somebody I don't know but yet. Denver. Well, I'm just, it's like Denver automatically. My point is this. If you go back to this same survey last year, do you know who they had? The GM said was going to be the top team in the West last year. The Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> so... So let's I'm break it not down. Get too worked right. up uh, about this, uh, any which way? Because they were wrong last year. Yeah, and they'll probably be wrong again this uh, this year. Uh, let's say Denver. All right, you want to put them ahead of the Kings? Go for it. Phoenix. I could argue Phoenix could be ahead of the Kings. Remember, Kevin Durant. I'm not uh, as high on Phoenix as you are, but, but I understand. Yeah, why exactly. You are. And they gave Denver all the you know the toughest test out of anybody uh, last postseason. So I get it. You know, after that, if you want to throw the Lakers. All right, I'm okay with that, too, because what they did in the second half, they've added. But the Kings are right there. I can't put the Clippers ahead of Sacramento. I can't even put Golden State ahead of Sacramento. Memphis also. Memphis, you know what? John Moran is out 25 games. Uh, You know, Steven Adams, you got to see how much he plays as well. I think Memphis takes a step back, actually. And so... I think the Kings are right there in that three, four, five range. And to have them on the same level of New Orleans. Now, mind you, this is so funny. We did a, a show last week, and I forget who it was. It might have been the Ringer, Bleach Report, one of those outlets. They had the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wasn't that Kevin Pelton? Yeah, was that Kevin Pelton, ESPN, Kevin Pelton as the two seed, I think, or, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. In this survey, Minnesota is not even listed among the top 10. Think about that. So what are we doing here? What are we talking about here? I know. The scary thing is, though, as I said earlier, in both these surveys, that one and this one, the Kings are seventh, uh, which is a little unsettling. But uh, the rest of it is so cockamamie. I don't think we need to get too worked up about it. Let's just take a break from the Kings angst here to look at this question. I think this is an interesting question. Uh, and this is a question that the GMs had to answer. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Here's what the GMs had to say. Number one answer was Jokic. Wemby was second, then Giannis, then Luka, then uh, Ant-Man. Also receiving votes were Curry, Embiid, Embiid uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Jason Tatum. Who would you, Kyle, you're starting a team now, and the commissioner says, Kyle, you know, you've done a great job. We love you. You can have anybody. You can have anybody in the league. Who are you taking? I'm taking Jokic. I I am. You know, he is the best player in basketball right now, and it's not because he can go out there and get to 20 points, 10. It's he does make other players better. And so when you have a player like him, a star like him, then you can start building around. He solves a lot of issues for you offensively. You know, he's a great passer. He can shoot the three. Yes. He can take you on a post. Like, he's a complete offensive player. So, I would take him. I I would take Wemby. And I don't disagree with anything you said about Jokic. By the way, I heard somebody on the station last week saying they don't think Jokic likes basketball. And, you know, I know his demeanor is kind of, right. you don't do the things he does right, right. if you don't <laughs> love basketball. No, that's ridiculous. That's, that, that's somebody looking at it, like you said, his demeanor. Uh, you say Wimbenyama, and he's an interesting thing. If I'm picking one player to win a championship this season, like to build around, it's not Wimby. But for the next 
five, right. That's 10, the way I'm 15 looking at it. years. I'm starting, who do you want to start with? I think he has a chance to be a great player. I think he has enough upside and is so young that your fan base gets instantly, oh, look at that. We've got this guy. I think your fans would be, fan base would be energized. So he, I'm not saying he's the best player, but as far as a guy that I'm starting with, he'd, he'd be my pick. And I, I know we both saw him play uh, last night on TV. Uh, and, you know, a little rough around the edges, but man, man you see the I upside like though, right? Yeah. He, the way he runs the floor, he's like a gazelle out there. He can block shots. He can shoot the ball. That spin movie and scoop he had in the lane. He went from the three point line to the bucket. And so I like, but I'm looking at this list. Have we forgot about Giannis? Like, the, you know, Giannis is a two time MVP. I know he's third on this list. I just feel like, you know, people are sour on him a little bit, you know, not as high on him. They flamed out last year, obviously. He got hurt in the postseason. Let's not forget that. And so if I'm building a guy, I think what we need to, you know, clarify here is is it for the next five years? Is it for this season? The next 15 years? Because if I'm starting a team and I'm thinking the next five years, to me, Wimby's not. Not not a, a top five player in that list because I still think he's two three years away from really reaching his peak. So what are we going to miss the playoffs the next two three seasons? If I'm trying to win now, Jokic would be higher, Giannis would be higher, Jason Tatum would be higher in, in my opinion as well. And so mm-hmm. Wimby for the next fifteen years he's going to be great. But if I'm trying to win over the next five years, I'm going with somebody else. Um, I understand that. Yeah, and that's the way I'm looking at it is, you know, you're starting now, so you're building your franchise going forward. I, the reason I hesitated there, I apologize, is because I don't want to nitpick about a guy like Giannis because he's so phenomenal. He's literally one of the greatest we will ever see. Yes. But I wouldn't start with him, and frankly, I wouldn't start with him because he's not a great shooter, and I would want to start with great shooting. But he's Giannis. I get it. I understand <laughs> What you're saying. That obviously, because he's not a great shooter, that's one of the reasons they went out and gave him Dame Lillard. Right. Uh, we'll right. see how that works out. That team's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Are you surprised Luca is number four on this list? He shouldn't be, but I get it. I mean, he he's popular. Fans like, he smiles, you know. I, I'm not a huge he fan of He said he smiles. His, but, right? <laughs> but what is it about him, though? That and I get the gaudy stats and the numbers. He's still a relatively young player, but one thing about Luca, as fantastic as he is, I want to see him elevate the players around him. Me too. I want to see him make winning plays, not just plays for himself. I'm not saying he's a selfish, but he does dribble out the clock a lot. He does have the ball in his hands an awful lot. And so, if I'm starting a franchise, what kind of player do you pair with a Luka Doncic? Who plays well alongside him? They had Chris Stapps Porzingis. They got Kyrie now. Like, what's an ideal pairing for Luka? And I I don't know that answer yet. I know a guy that was really good at it, but I don't think cared for it so much. Maybe he just preferred uh, greener pastures in New York. Jalen Brunson played with Luka pretty well, but I don't know that he really cared for it. Right, exactly. And and that's the thing with with Luka, you know, you talk about Brunson. I don't think Brunson could have reached his full potential alongside Luka, and that's why you know he decided to go to New York. And so, as great as Luka is, can can he? Is there room for another superstar along him? They got Kyrie, but I don't think you know that hasn't worked just yet. And so, sure, they may put up numbers, but are they going to win games? I think that Luka puts the Mavs at cross purposes. I know I've said this before. He's a huge star, and people want to see him, so he's good for the business. Your business. But I don't know if he's good enough 
to put a team on his shoulders and win an NBA championship. Mm. So they got to make moves to keep him happy so he'll stay, but then you're not necessarily making moves to win a championship, and that's why I say they're going to be a good team, competitive team. The whole Kyrie thing speaks to this. Exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. but I just don't think they're going to win. No, you're 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 100% right. And that roster, you know, they went out and signed Grant Williams, who I'm a fan of. I actually like Grant Williams. There's Got a to guy cover that him. should be able to play with Luka, he, right? He should be able to. Doesn't need the ball. Can knock down the corner three. A solid defender. And so I do like that move. But in the stacked West, the loaded West, you know, I think the Mavs are, are, are at best a play-in team once again. Hey, real quick, I, I found a Kings reference here. Most underrated player acquisition. Marcus Smart was first. Grant Williams, Dylan Brooks somehow made the list. Bruce Brown, <laughs> Nurkic, Max Struess, Fred Van Vliet, also receiving votes. Aiton, Bridges, Holiday, Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Porzingis, Schroeder, Toppin. Oh, my gosh. Dave Vincent, and Sasha Vazenkov. <laughs> hey. Wow. Got to mention That's about like 12th on the list or something <laughs> like that. But he got a mention, and uh, hopefully we see Sasha Crack that rotation uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, speaking of the NBA's future, did we catch a glimpse of it last night? That's next on the Drive Guys, Sackdown Sports. Brought to you by the NorCal Sportsman Show, October 14th and 15th at the grounds in Roseville. I got a question and asking a question that you don't know the answer to on the radio. It's kind of like it's kind of like in court. You don't do that in court. It's dangerous. Right. Um, but I'm going to go ahead anyway. Uh-oh. We got the WNBA finals are going on, right? Yes. Is it possible here that the next game or one of these games of the WNBA Finals is going to have a bigger TV rating than the baseball playoffs that are on at the same time? Now, I don't know what the schedule Ouch. is. Ouch. And now that would have been – I'm just asking the question. Is that – because this is a big – this is a, a huge – right. yeah, yeah, this is WNBA. huge. New York yeah. against uh, Vegas, Vegas, star power. I still don't I, – I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I still don't – I, I think – you know, when you look at baseball, the playoffs, the drama, and it may depend on what kind of game. Is it Astros twins or is it Dodgers facing elimination? You know, right. that kind of thing. So uh, probably not, huh? Right. I, I would like that. That's a great question. I don't, even I don't know, know the numbers. The right. I don't know that. the numbers for either one. I will say I'm a WNBA fan. I'm intrigued by this Vegas slash New York matchup. But I didn't even know when game one was. Like, I miss, like, th- there's a lack of, you know, it was, well, promotion it was like or something. Sunday. Yeah, didn't it was like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. And so I, I totally missed out on it. You know, I get home at night and I see highlights and I'm like, oh, they actually played game one? And so, you know, I, whether mm-hmm. social media, who I follow, whatever, I need to change that. But I I didn't even know game one was happening uh, when it did. I don't I didn't remember, and I was like, oh, I remembered. Oh, I would have wanted to see some of that. I don't know when game two is. Um, but speaking of baseball, real quickly, I know we, you know, I was kidding you a little bit because you're from Philly. But that was uh, I missed the end of that game, and then I saw the you know the replay this morning. I was kind of following. I was watching basketball actually, and I was following the score. Oh, it's four to three. Oh, now it's five to four. Yeah. Had no idea what I was missing. Right. One of the most amazing finishes in in sports history. All right, now, let's not hype it up too much now. Oh, right? yeah. what a play <laughs> by Harris. The kid yeah, makes a heck yeah, of a play. Heck of a play Bryce out Har- it, right? Where's Bryce Harper going? Right. <laughs> well, I, you know what? And that one hurt. And you know, if the if Phillies lose this series, we'll look back on game two as the turning point, right? Because Philly was up. 
They were up 4-1 at one point. And then the Braves kept chipping on. The Braves are the better team. We understand. They're 4 to nothing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they're they're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The Braves are, are, are you know, over 162-game stretch, the better team. But the Phillies, they got something cooking, man. And and now it's the series shifts back to Philadelphia. And so I, I think game three is a must-win for Philly. Back to that band box where they play? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been there? <laughs> I have not. Exactly. That's one of the not. best ballparks out there. You got the bullpen and you got the fans hanging over the bullpen. You uh-huh. can shout things at the the relief pictures warming up. I love it, man. That's that's a great, great ballpark. History. No question. Great, <laughs> great, great baseball history. The A's used to be there, you know. The A's used to be in Philadelphia. No now way. A little oh, come before, on. Of course. A little before your time. <laughs> yes, of course. I, time, I mean, but... I don't remember that. But, yes. Isn't that incredible that? to yeah. think about? Like, the A's used to be in Philadelphia. And then tonight, we have TNT basketball, right? W- yeah, Denver and Phoenix on TNT, nationally televised game. Um, it'll be interesting to see who plays for both teams. But you could argue these are the two t- best teams in the Western Conference. I'll probably watch the first half because I would imagine second half, you know, starters are rested and everything like that. I know people are high on Denver and all these surveys and everything like that. I don't know if they're the favorites to repeat. How are they better? Right. I don't think they improved. You know, they lost Bruce uh, Brown. Uh, They're hoping Christian Brown steps up and and fills that role. But I I don't know, man. I I think Denver, you know, was a well-oiled machine. Uh, and, and shout out to Mike Malone also. He lost his dad, uh, Brendan Malone, today. Longtime NBA guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, shout out to our, our former coach here, uh, Mike Malone. But uh, they'll be in the mix. I just, I don't know. They're not sexy to me. I said this during the radio, uh, you know, in the spring. It's like Denver's that, that they're not NBA league pass worthy, in my opinion. Most watchable team in the right. league, not, according not to Not for GM. me. They're good. They're fine. You know, they're okay. But I, I don't know. They, they don't have any sizzle for me. They had sizzled to me last year just because of Jokic. Yeah. He made a pass one time. I was at a game, and he made a pass where he got the rebound on the baseline and then made like a blind behind-the-back bounce pass to a cutter on the baseline. And it was just like one of the greatest passes I've ever seen. And he makes passes that no one else makes. And that's what I love about them. And I was rooting for them last year, especially once they got to the finals and especially against the Lakers. But I just have a hard time seeing them being as good as they were last year, let alone being better. There's just I see no reason to assume they're going to be better than they were last year. And I think they're going to have to be in the West to win again. Right, right. And and I think when you look at the Western Conference a season ago, there were a lot of teams with flaws. Think about Memphis and the whole John Morant situation with the guns. They had some turmoil. You know, Phoenix, you know, they they trade for Kevin Durant late in the season. Him and Devin Booker. uh, Durant gets hurt uh, in the playoffs. Uh, So it's just Devin Booker out there trying to, you know, do it all. Uh, You look at Golden State, not saying they're championship contenders, but, you know, I, I think, you know, they had a weird season last year. The Clippers obviously weren't fully healthy. And so I think Denver, we talk so much about the Kings having good health and all that. Denver had some pretty good health as well last season. Jamal Murray came back. He was strong. He looked good the second half of the season. And so they're a good team, great team. I get it. But, uh, I, you know, I, they're just not sexy to me. Plus, I mean, they won last year. It's got to be hard, doesn't it? You put all that energy right. into it and you win. And then, all right, 
Let's do it again. Now, if you're the Warriors and you got Kevin Durant, it's like, okay, we'll do it. Right. But if you're the Nuggets, right. don't you just feel like, okay, we're just going to just let us relax a little bit, yeah. would you? And, and I, they just climbed a yeah, mountain. They they climbed a mountain. And they sort of had a chip on their shoulder also from coming up short. You know, obviously in the bubble, they probably felt like they should have been able to beat the Lakers uh, in that series. And I feel like the hardest thing to do is repeat as champs. Because how do you stay hungry? How do you stay motivated? Once you have one, it's like you can exhale a little bit. You got that monkey off your back. You know, that was the biggest knock about Jokic. Great player, you know, got the MVPs and everything, but didn't deliver a championship. Now he doesn't have that, you know. And so how do you stay hungry? How do you stay motivated uh, to win a back-to-back championship? And we've had a different champion in the NBA every year since 19, right? 19, 21, 22, last five years. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. We've had a different champ. So that's just kind of the nature of the league right now. It's really tough. To yeah, 17 repeat. and 18, it was the Warriors. And then after that, it, you know. Raptors beat them. Raptors, and, yeah. Bucks we've had, Lakers. You had the uh, Nuggets as well. And uh Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Warriors yeah. again, uh, yeah. you know, two seasons ago. Yep. Yeah. You got to, you have a hard time with that, don't you? The Warriors winning a championship nah, over, nah. over your Celtics. <laughs> you know, not at all. You know why? Because, and I've said this off air, but I'm going to say it on air. I was actually rooting for the Warriors at that time. Really? Yeah, because I had just left Boston. Okay. You know, and I'm like, don't go out there and win a championship now that I'm gone. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was being a total I hater, do. you know? And I was okay with that because it was like, hold on now. When you guys won 25 games during the regular season, I was there holding it down with you on the pre- and post-game show. Now did I leave? You want to start and winning championships? No. No. So I was a hater back then. I actually liked the Warriors. Not Interesting. liked the Warriors. Totally understand. I wanted the Warriors to win that one. Yeah. Coming up. Yes. Yeah. yeah I get that. Yeah. I get that. Uh, Wimby and Holmgren went head-to-head last night mm. and put on quite a show. We'll take a look at that next, as well as we have a new NBA player feud apparently <laughs> brewing. I need your help, Kyle, because I don't understand what's going on. It's next to your Drive Guys Sackdown Sports. Drive Guys here. Found out today after King's practice that Mike Brown says, Sasha, not in the rotation right now. What's going on? Kyle Draper, not in the rotation. <laughs> it's our biggest acquisition. Why'd you get don't, him there? Don't, don't look bad at me. Kyle, why did they go I don't over make there? The decisions. Why did they fly over there to watch him and bring him over if he's not even going to be in the rotation? Hey, man, I have no idea. Come on, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Who knew what that, is going on? Who knew you'd be this fired up over Sasha? I had no idea. But uh, we know what this is. Why do let's, let's call it what it is. Mike Brown is challenging Sasha to be better defensively. And so Mike Brown is sort of playing the motivational game. This is, you know what? Everything that we're hearing, you know, Mike Brown say in in person, you know, with the media, I'm sure he said to Sasha about his defense. He's not even one of the most motivational coaches in the NBA. Right, according to the GM, which yeah. is ridiculous, which is uh, – He's not even know, top four. It, 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 did he He did, did he get votes in that? Uh, Head coach is the best manager motivator. I don't Spolster, think he got Kerr, votes. Lou Popovich, Mosley, Monty Williams, Dagnall. No, no he, didn't, he didn't even get votes. No. But this is a classic Mike Brown right here. See, I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation right now. And so we see what Sasha needs to work on defensively. We talked about it earlier, positioning, uh, rotation, uh, team defense. And so this is just Mike Brown, you know, a little challenge. Phil Jackson used to do this too, uh, back with the Lakers and, and even the Bulls as well. He would say things in the media 
sort of as a dig, a challenge to his players, they'd say, you know, see that, and then that would motivate them. That's what Mike Brown is doing right here. And so this is an old-school, masterful trick. But Mike Brown is right. Sasha has to be better defensively. We know he can go out there and shoot the ball. I've seen that. We understand that. We get that. Where his improvement is going to come is defensively, and that's you know where he's going to help the team, and that's how he's going to earn some uh, rotation. I was a little surprised that Mike Brown came out and said that this early on. It's been one preseason game. It's it like, geez, must have been from Mike Brown's perspective. It must have been pretty egregious, whatever it yeah. was that he saw. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to make it more than it is, but for the coach to come out with this, it must have been something that he saw that in his mind is like, well, no, that's that ain't going to cut it. Let me ask you, though, when, when we talk about Mike Brown, you make the trade last year, you bring in Kessler Edwards and th- put him immediately on the floor. We know Mike Brown is a defensive coach, defensive-minded coach. What message, I guess, does that send to Sasha or other players like – does it tell them, you know what, you got to play defense? Like, he's demanding that. And I guess if we want to win a championship, we want to compete, that's what you want from your team. But, man, I'm looking, how, why does Casey Akpali get to play? I'm the guy that lights it up in practice, you know. Uh, you know, I'm torching Casey in practice. Why is, uh, you know, Kessler Edwards getting more minutes than Sasha? Sasha's the EuroLeague MVP. I think, you know, when you look at what Mike Brown does, you have to earn your time, and the way you earn it is by defense and hustle and grit on that side of the ball. And that's what we're seeing with Sasha. That's why he's not in the rotation right now. He's trying to motivate him. You know what? If you want some time, you got to earn it defensively. I think we saw something similar to this. I'm going to make a comparison that's going to have Kings fans going, no! Uh-oh. But we saw something somewhat similar with Coach Yeager and Marvin Bagley. Because a lot of people assume Marvin Bagley was just going to get to play. Right, and He right. wasn't playing, and I think the big reason was he wasn't guarding anybody. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I, I respect that. I, this has got to be difficult for a guy like Coach Brown in today's NBA because, as you know better than I do, it's really changing. The league is changing. No one's playing defense like they used to. Right. Nobody. Right. So is defense still as important as it was? Well, we think so, but that's the basis of, of this um, with the – Kings trying to lay a foundation of defense to build upon. I think the Warriors did that. I think you said this. Not everyone agrees with me on this. With me on this, but I think the Warriors, those great teams they had, I think they were built on defense. Oh yeah, everyone knows oh, yeah. the offense, but I think they were built right. on defense. So they're trying. Mike Brown's trying to build the team the same way. And Vizankov was out there, and you talked about it earlier. He's out there, or no, it's Frankie talked about how he gave up middle too often. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of you're not going to be all league defense, but you're if you play like that, you're not going to play. Period. Right, and, and that's the thing, like. You know, coaches say it all the time. It's sort of cliche, but it's true. You know, defense travels. You know, your shot may not always be there. It may not always be falling, but your defense is something you should be able to fall back and rely on. And I think that's what Mike Brown is trying to get this team to to understand. They, You know, last year, too many times, they let their offense dictate their defense. Well, that's why Okpala started last right, year, right? Right, he would go, right. he was a willing defender. He, he, yeah, but then... He lacked offensively. And so, uh, you know, and then we saw what happened. You know, he's out of the rotation. Same thing with Kessler Edwards. You know, it's great to come in with defense, but in today's NBA, you also need to be able to score the ball. You can't be playing five on four on the other end because then that doesn't make De'Aaron Fox as effective. That doesn't make Sabonis as effective. And so I, I think the NBA now, you know, 
in our day, you used to have specialists. You used to have defensive specialists, you know, rebounders. In today's NBA, you can't have that. You got to be versatile. You got to be good on both ends of the floor. Yeah, you can't hide a guy. You can't hide a guy. Yeah. Family Slagle says Sasha will be this year's Murray. Didn't start for four games, and the rest is history. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, because we knew that defense was a potential issue with Sasha. So, yeah. We knew that. Not a great start. Not a great start. Nipping it in the bud. But, Whitey, this is one preseason game in. He said, as of right now, we still got four preseason games left. You got, you know, three big games uh, to open up the week at Utah, then uh, Golden State and Lakers. And but so, this is your big off-season acquisition, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, I guess what's concerning to me is that it's not just that one. Mike Brown is seeing this in practice, too. And so, you know, we may not see it in games, but it's Sasha's showing it in practice. And so that would be concerning to me uh, as a fan is that, you know, we know what Sasha can do offensively. We know his limitations defensively. Uh, I want to see the effort, and that's what I'm looking for tomorrow. It's effort. It's activity. Like I said, I I thought he was ball watching a little too much. Uh, The rotations were a little late, I thought, at times in game one. So I want to see if he's getting the message from Mike Brown tomorrow night. What did you think of the defense we saw last night from Holmgren and Wembanyama? They went at each other. Yeah. Exhibition game it was quite a show, really. It was quite a show. I think you're talking about two future All-Stars. I would argue in about three years, those both those guys will be All-Stars uh, in the Western Conference. You know, what impressed me about Wembanyama, I've seen all the tape, seen the highlights. I know he can shoot. I know he can handle. But he's fast as heck. Like, you know, getting from one end to another. When you're that tall, you don't, it doesn't take you that many steps, you know, to go like, full court. Yeah. And like Giannis. So, like Giannis, exactly. He's like a deer out there. And, and, you know, so he's going to be great. You know, I thought he would have some issues. He might be a 20 point per game scorer right from day one because I think the Spurs are going to look for him. They're going to feed him, you know. Do French people know what rebounding is? or is- <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> but what he did, did you see that rebound he got off the free throw? He just, like, went right over Chet Holmgren and then put it right back. Like, you have to really block that guy out yeah. when he's that close and to the basket. What, you know, what, how, are you, how do you box him out right. if you're not at least 6'9", and even then? Right. Like, hey, <laughs> All he got to do is reach yeah. up. And so, no, he's going to be great. But I was more impressed by what I saw from Chet Holmgren. Because here's why. People will look at the skills, his ability to shoot, put it on the deck. Chet Holmgren has a motor. He's a guy that makes multiple efforts. He's a guy that has a little fire in his belly. He's a guy looking to put you on a poster as well. And so I think playing with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who they didn't have yesterday. Shea didn't right. play last night. Right. Think about all the attention Shea gets and how that, you know, Trent Holmgren is going to be cleaning up the glass, getting open looks. He's my rookie of the year, if you were to ask me. 21 points on 10 shots for Holmgren, and he had nine rebounds. How many free throws did he have? He was two, uh, five for seven. Seven free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. So I think he has a knack to get to the line. You know, you're talking about a rookie. If he gets to the line seven, eight times a game, knocks down six of them, that's six points. You know, makes eight field goals. You're talking 20-something points right there. And so I, I think, man, I, 
I'm so excited to see him. I got to look at the Kings calendar and see. I know they come to uh, Sacramento very early in the season in November. So the that's going to be much. In the in-season tournament. Yeah, in-season tournament. Yeah, 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 exactly. That'll be at Golden One Center. So I'm excited to see him. You know what I don't, don't like about Wimby, and I love watching what? him, but he had four turnovers last night. He's not You're Tony nitpicking Parker. right now. Why do well, you nitpicking? Well, the big guy shouldn't have four turnovers He handles the rock, you know. Should he? he Should he? <laughs> Huh? That's my question. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, you can say he's going to be multi-positional. Hey, that's great. But should he be? Should you let him handle that much? I don't know. When we come right back, uh, we had not only the GM survey today. Yes. We have the bottom half of ESPN's mm. top 100 NBA players. Guess how many? I've been waiting for this. Guess how many kings are in that? I've uh, been waiting. The answer is next year. Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports.